Welcome to What's Happening in 40K. Your daily dose of all things Warhammer 40,000. Each day, Monday through Friday, we explore the Warhammer 40,000 tournament scene. And bring you the latest news, updates, and opinions. So, whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newcomer to the hobby, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us as we delve into the world of 40K. Here's your host, Mufasa. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode. Today we are joined by Ben. Ben is going to be giving us his expert insight in advance of the Manchester Super Major from an Aldari perspective. But remember, we have the lead Super Major launching this Friday. And as you heard yesterday, this is potentially going to be the third biggest 40k tournament in the world for singles play. We're hoping to get 500 plus players and anyone that came last year will tell you the free ice cream is to die for and we've got an extra big haul this year. We're adding on a second haul. So this is going to be one of our new highlights of the calendar. It's going to be one of the the, the cornerstones of UK competitive 40k. So we really hope you can come. Tickets go on sale from WarhammerTournaments.com at 2 p.m. this Friday. That's tomorrow, 2 p.m. We also hope that you can tune in to our UKTC reaction show to the Games Workshop previews that happened in the middle of the night. We've got lots of exciting stuff to talk about, particularly in reference to Birmingham, Bristol, and all our events pre-summer. So we're talking primarily Bristol, which is in June. We're talking Birmingham in May. We're talking the London Open that happens on the 15th and 16th of April. There's still lots of tickets available to them. But what we've been seeing recently with the Southampton and Manchester events is that these events are selling out. So if you do want to come, we recommend you get your tickets when they launch and for Leeds, that is this Friday. But that's enough for now. And we're going to get into the Eldari meat and potatoes. I'm not sure what an Eldari eats. Probably isn't homegrown veg. But if there's one person that will know, it is Ben. Ben is from Vanguard Tactics. He famously won the Southampton GT when it was being run by somebody else. And then when we ran it, he won a different award. He won the Grundy Award, which was from one of his fellow Vanguard Tactics coaches. Obviously, Kyle has been on the podcast before and since left Vanguard Tactics. But Ben won the award for basically being the best of the faction specialists at our Southampton GT two weeks ago. So, Ben, welcome to the show. Hi, Zach. Uh, Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure pleasure to chat Warhammer. Exactly, exactly. And for those of us that are thinking about it all the time, you know, anyone that works at Vanguard Tactics is obviously a member of that family. Unfortunately, you know, I talk more about tables and, and get, making sure toilets are clean and all that sort of stuff, but 40k is still at our hearts. So uh, <laughs> it's great to have a little chat with you in advance of Manchester this weekend. Anyone that listened to our Bets on show knows that you are one of our top 12 favorites for the event. You are one of only two elf players. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be playing elves in a, what do they, what do, what do they always call it? Like a, they're, they're a dying race, right? In the, in the <laughs> yeah. 40k law. Running out seems, of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like that's how they, how they are in the, in the ninth edition meta. So obviously 10th edition on the horizon, but ninth is still here for a few more months. So tell us a little bit about your experience playing elves so far in ninth edition, Ben? Uh, I, I really enjoy playing Aldar as a faction as a whole. Um, I span to Yanari because it's got a lot of um, tricks to it. Um, I love the in-car model, just playing around with your opponent where, where it's going to teleport. It changes the way people can kill your Toughness 3 models because they don't want that turning up right next to them. 
Um, so throughout ninth, I started. It was um, we had the meta with all the chaos terminators and that. So I was I went heavily into D cannons to be able to kill the terminators through a wall before they um, got to me. <laughs> and then as it's as the meta's evolved more, um, I've I've dropped less and less cannons now and more more harlequins. Um, and more combat. I think the combat's really strong for Yanari because of fights first. Well, that's an interesting conclusion to draw because anyone that's perused the lists for Manchester, we obviously haven't spoken to Vic yet on the podcast. We did invite him on, but he said, no, my only chance of winning is I've got lots of tricks and I don't want to talk about them, so don't add me on until after I've won. So uh, <laughs> hopefully he comes in the top three. We'll have him on next week. But yeah. he has gone heavy on the D-cannons and, uh, and, and you don't want to go that direction. So Ben, tell us a yeah. little bit why you've made that well, decision. Basically I played um, uh, at the the last one, the Southampton one, got to the round five and I played Manny um, and his Dark Angels. And I found the problem to be, there's there's a lot of people playing Space Marines now with land speeders. Is the D cannons have a 24 inch range and they don't really have an armor safe. So if they want to come and kill them, they can. And also, with the um, Deathwing Terminators having transhuman on the wound rolls, I'd like—I I mean, I shot a full cannon unit into Manny's 10, 10 Deathwing Terminators. I didn't do any damage. Yeah, that's the mass, yeah. isn't it? Against and yeah. this is what makes that core block of the Dark Angel list so strong at the moment. So, you know, ultimately, it's the same conversation we had over and over again when Harlequins are strong. It's like four pluses. Right, the game can get incredibly swinging when you're rolling, say, like yes, two. Two multi multi four plus shots wounding two Deathwing Terminators four plus to wound, you know, and then they got the four plus infant. It's like how many multi multi doing nothing, don't you? Yeah, exactly. You need like eight <laughs> multi melters to reliably kill one model. It's nonsense. But uh, you know, anyone anyone that knows about four pluses knows that yeah, D cannons don't have them. They've got little. We've got six up saves, t shirts. It's a four up save, but obviously it's a vehicle, so it doesn't get any cover or anything. So as soon as mm-hmm. people start shooting it, it's just a five wound toughness five model with a four up save. They die very easy if you can get to them. All right. Well, before we get onto the the uh, nitty gritty of what it's like to play Eldar in these events, why don't you give us a bit of a background about your own play experience? You've been coming to a lot of UKTC events. You're a regular face on the scenes. So anyone that comes along knows you, and obviously anyone that follows Vanguard Tactics knows you too. But you've been yeah. flying under the radar. You're a consistent five and zero four and one player. Anyone yeah. that knows you knows you're a top player in the country. But you're very understated. You're not out there promoting you know, your achievements. So we're here yeah. to do that for you. Well done. First, first of all, we'll give you a congratulations for a little round of applause. If I had some sound yeah. effects, we would put them in now. Well, thank you, but, Zach. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story. So, you know, you're a strong, reliably well-performing player, but you've never won a super major. You've done very well at, at the BAO yeah. previously. You've done very well yeah. at lots of our events. So tell us a little bit about you know, what that's like, what your goals are and aspirations for the uh, future of the event scene yeah well my goal for last year so ending at the itc season at alvio was to win uh, best in faction in ari which i managed to get um in in las vegas after going five and oh at your nottingham event and then i actually reached the shadow round at uh, las vegas with them as well um i did lose the shadow round to uh nick nardavati with his demons but it was a really good game um uh 
I kind of come to the the big UKTC events, uh, you know, because like, we have the the top cut at your events to make it make it work. The top four go through. Um, typically, Yanari, it's very difficult to score ninety five or hundred points. The the secondaries, the Aldar secondaries, and the secondaries that the army sort of leans towards, it doesn't get um, very high scores. So obviously, like at Nottingham, I won all my games, but I think I finished seventh or eighth. It's not enough to get to play the um, semi-finals and final. I think that's just something that you you kind of understand at the moment as an Aldar player. It's we don't have there's not many given fifteen secondaries. Um, I take quite a lot of ones that can cap out at twelve, and then it has changed recently. Behind enemy lines now, I think is a good twelve to fifteen, sort of almost every game. Um, so that might help it boost up a bit. Well, you know that's that is an interesting point because it's it's something that some people think about and others don't. So I think uh, one of our previous guests, it might have been. Manny, it might have been somebody else. They were talking about, you know, their goal is just to win the next game. If they win the next game and they keep winning the next game, then they're going to go five and zero. And uh, then some, some other players talk more about, you know, their goal is to win the event. I think it may have been David Gaylord. And yeah. to, when you're building with that goal, maybe you're going to take some bigger risks because you have to make sure you're scoring you know, relatively high. I think you can actually score around ninety a game average and still make the top cut at most of yeah. our events. Um, yeah. But we had this in the LGT 2019, the one before COVID, where Malik, who was at the time was one of the best players in the world, was like, I need to be scoring hundreds. I'm going to take this play style. And I believe he ended up going three and two. And he came up to me privately afterwards and was like, you know, we need to tweak the format because if people are losing games because they're playing too risky to try to get 100s, then, you know... <laughs> My response was always like, well, number one, you don't have to. You could just try and go 5-0 and have a good yeah. time. Number two, like, you don't actually need hundreds. It's a, it's a common misconception. At, at Southampton, we had uh, two players that were at the sort of 490-ish, which was David and, and Manny. And then our other two finalists were scoring like 450-ish. So they dropped, yeah. you know, r- approximately 10 points a round. So yeah. I appreciate, like, most people listening to this aren't 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 5-0 players, they're not trying to win the overall event. But I think that same way of thinking, particularly in what we're going to talk about now with Eldar being in a bit of a rough spot, but this way of thinking about you know, having appropriate goals and then tailoring for your goals is a really good way to think about the game because most people don't need to be scoring hundreds. They just need to be winning that next game. Well, that's so. it. I, I try and go. I try and win all my games at these events. That's, that's my... My goal is to go five and zero, and if if I've scored enough points doing it, then then I'll stay and play. But if I haven't, I'm I'm happy to get you know best in faction Aldar or Yanari and go home. It's it's a good of you know I enjoy your events. I think you've done done great for the competitive scene in the UK. We've got you know every month, sometimes twice a month, we've got these big gatherings of you know two, three, four hundred people, and you get to know. You get to know most of the people there. Um, I, I I have never really had a bad game at your events. I think you know the sportsmanship in the UK is brilliant. Um, yeah, it really is. And I had a, a beautiful email, and thank you so much for your compliments, Ben. I really appreciate them. Um, but I had, I had an email that went through this morning where a guy said, 
me and my nine friends, so 10 of them in total, have come to your event for the first time. This is the Southampton event. So it's 10 people. And each of these people played four, played five games, so 50 games played total. And they said, out of all of our games and out of all of us that came, we only had one negative experience. So we're talking about 50 games where only one person had the semblance of a negative yeah. experience. And we see in a competitive environment, you know, sometimes it's unavoidable. But I think that's, yeah. you know, 2%. Two, two is uh, incredibly low, so it's very good. Um, I mean, some people's negative, uh, some people's negative experience is something like they didn't understand how a rule worked or something, and yeah, you know, it's sometimes it's nothing to do with the people playing. It's just you know they don't understand the way a, a rule works or they got something wrong. You know, yeah, but, and that's always unfortunate because it's sort of like a it's a gotcha without a protagonist. Where there's yeah, a, <laughs> that's so it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but um, you know they are in the minority. But we'll get back to uh, back to talking about Elder because that's obviously why we've had you on. You are mm. a Elder faction specialist, and we are going through a pivot point. You've been doing incredibly well with Elder, as we've been discussing. But you are now in the new meta. You are in the desolation meta, <laughs> yeah. where strike oh. four guns that are formerly terrible into everything are now amazing. <laughs> so I um, think these. I, I was. Uh, I thought we'd see some of these squads. I was very surprised when. I was opening the list, you know, because you unlock the list for list checking and you're, you're looking down the names of the people who usually finish pretty high at these events. And realistically, there's only me and me and uh, Vic playing Aldar. And then there's a lot of people playing either Iron Hands or Dark Angels. And yeah, then you, and it's not you, just you, them, you open the Yeah, you open these lists up and there's like 20 of these guys with shoot-through-walls guns. And I'm just like... This is terrifying as an Aldar player, and I don't even bring any transports. That's so. <laughs> so even worse for you, right? And it's not just it's not just the, it's not just the, the you know the Iron Hands and Dark Angels where you would expect to see them, but it's even Chris Radford with his Space Wolves, who's yeah. been on the podcast before, he's got a bunch in there as too. So definitely an interesting matter. So let's get into talking about how it's going to affect you this weekend. So tell us a little bit first of all about your current list, how you arrived, you know, over over the course of multiple events, how you've arrived at your current list. And then tell yeah. us about how you think it's going to play in terms of like countering this. Now, you know that it's a realistic opportunity that people are just going to shoot you off the board even if they can't see you. Yes. Um, I think the the way to play this game as an outdoor player is to play, you have to play very aggressive, I think. I mean, I designed some things. So my current list at the moment, I've got a, um, let's do that first for you. I've got a Farseer. I actually changed this from the last event, so he now has the power to um, turn off auras on a unit, um, which I think was... I teched that to play in the Terminators so you can turn rights of war off on the Terminators and uh, the Apothecary because they're all auras. So then you can go and nick the middle objective back off them without committing too much. Um, so then I've got the Incarn... I've got an Autark um, and the Farsia. That's the three HQs. I've got a um, Warlock on a bike with um, Protect and Jinx. And then I've got two Warlocks on foot with Quicken. And then I've got troops, two units of Rangers, um, a unit of 10 Harlequins with nine special weapons, and just a unit of five base Harlequins with no upgrades. Um in my elites, I've got the striking scorpion unit with crushing blows. It's one of my favourite units in the game. Um, forward deploy, and he's got a seven attack weapon that if it hits you, it wounds you. Um, 
just brilliant for sniping a unit out or taking a character if they're not deployed properly. Um, I've got two units of Banshees. Both the Exarchs have got the upgrades. Uh, then I've got a unit of Swooping Hawks, uh, six-man. And then I've got five Warp Spiders. They're a new one that I put in for this event. Uh, three Shining Spears. Then I've got a unit of two D-Cannons. And then I've got two Warwalkers and one Warwalker in separate units with scatter lasers. Um, that's the list I've got. So like you said, no transports, not even for the Quins. They don't have their clown car. I find it, because I play them as Unari, Zach, I have to take a Wave Serpent before I can even take a clown car because of the faction restrictions. So I've got to spend 150 points on a Wave Serpent before I can buy one transport. And then, of course, you're losing some of your, yeah. your your ultimate MSU because you're running through a list there and it's almost like the greatest hits of Eldar. You've got the Whoop Spiders from 7th Ed in there. You've got the Banshees <laughs> from 3rd Edition in there. You got, yeah. the, Although I'm not sure Striking Scorpions have ever been as good as they are right now and it's great to uh, see them the, out and about. They are a fantastic unit. Um, I put the Warp Spiders in because we're seeing quite a lot of lists with like um, 80 Neophytes and the Warp Spiders are actually really good into it because they're blasty 6 so... And the champion's got two of them, so it's it's uh, thirty six hits or thirty six shots hitting on threes, rerolling ones, and then you wound near fights on twos because they're strength six and they don't get a save. So I've had that unit pick up all twenty before if they don't have the invon. Yeah, well, of course, the, the neophytes are from a faction not being currently played by their faction yeah. specialists. We have Innes and Malik obviously playing Desolation Marines. I don't so blame us, them. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a plan in mind for how you're going to get around this out-of-line-of-sight shooting? Because it's not just Eldari that will suffer. Obviously, Guard underrepresented. But yeah. most people listening to this that are coming to the Manchester Super Major, you know, they're going to play these guys as they go on route to knocking each other out in the final rounds. So... No, everyone needs a solution to this problem, Ben. What's yours? Yeah, I think it's a, <laughs> me, me, me and Vic have actually chatted quite a lot this week because we do, and um, I think it's a really horrible place for for Aldar to play against. I mean, I as I said, I think like going first would be nice if it's on certain maps where the Scorpions can get straight into something. Um, basically, any chance I get to get to the Desolator Marines, I'll take it. But they've got what is it, 36-inch range on those ignore line of sight guns? Hmm. Yeah, and screened by 20 Terminators, right? Yeah, it's very difficult to get anywhere near them. Um, I I think you maybe have to try and utilise strat reserve in some of your stuff. Um, But yeah, I think it was a very difficult list to play against anyway. Like me, me and Manny played at the last event. We were chatting through what you can do different, but it's just... To get through that many Terminators, obviously I'd have to stage my combat units to charge the Terminators, but now I'm going to get blasted while I'm trying to do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know what the answer is. I haven't played them enough because they're a fairly new unit. Um, I expected to maybe see 10 in a list, but then you've got, as I said, 20 of them. They're, you know, they're not all even going to be clumped up. They'll be spread out across the back of the board. Well, what's very interesting is, you know, we were looking at their data sheet when they were previewed on Warcom, and amongst the private groups I'm in, everyone was sort of like, these guys are okay, they're a bit fragile, you know, a little bit expensive. And yeah. of course, they have landed just at peak meta appropriateness. So it's a perfect example of a unit that, you know, by the core strength of them, 
they're not amazing. But the fact that they sit so well into an already powerful army, they counter the counter, so they make that army even stronger in the meta. You know, yeah. it seems like they're just, you know, they've landed like, just yeah. at the right time. All the units that are like good at killing the Terminators, like my Harlequins are exceptionally good at it. Um, you're thinking like Repentia, stuff like that. It's all toughness three um, models that like to, you know, hide behind the wall, come out and hit the Terminator brick. Hmm. But I think now they can play the Terminator brick a lot more aggressive as well because they'll be able to shoot the the threats away faster. Yes, yes. Um, I think that is the whole, you know, the main thing about, you know, they're also just well suited to UKTC terrain where you can hide all of them in the big L very easily. So, yeah, yeah. And probably reach most of the other ruins or objectives on the board. So, they're quite happy if you're sat in your corner at the back because you're not scoring any points anyway. And this so, is something that we noted a lot when we moved to ninth edition, that the 60 by 44 board change was actually a much bigger change to the game than just TOs having to get new mats. This fundamental aspect of like a 36-inch range back when we were playing on 6 by 4s was not comprehensive. And now it pretty much is. If you're deployed in your big L and you've got a 36-inch range, you can pretty much shoot anything. So... It's uh, it's an interesting sort of change. Yeah, I think I think what it will do to the meta. I think like if if I foreseen people taking twenty of these um, things, I probably would have submitted a very. I probably wouldn't have even played Genario. I probably would have played Craft Worlds, but very um, aggressively positioned to go first, and then hope to win that fifty-fifty roll off, because like you know, 20 scorpions on the line or, or, you know, if you put shuriken cannons on the wall because they all go forward and you just, because you almost have to get the jump on those. If they shoot you all game, you're not going to, you're not going to win anyway. Well, that can, there's a, you know, exactly the sort of answer we like because that is an appropriate strategy for anyone that has a sort of army build that can go into these. It's not just war walkers, right? It's anything that has a gun and can get a line of sight by being, you know, yeah, forward fast, deployed, aggressive. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly, yeah. forward deploy or, or being a fast-moving unit. So interesting advice there for all our non-Eldari players. When you come up against these big bad beasties, let's get into them quick and play aggressive. You heard it here first, Ben Jones' wisdom. <laughs> dropping bombs. All right, Ben. Well, there are, uh, as we said, there are two of you were playing elves in the top 12 of our favorites. We've also got the Dark Horse, who is a 1 in 20 odds. You heard it here. George White said 1 in 20, any named player that wasn't in our top 12. And he is also playing elves, our first ever LGT winner, Comrade but- yep. Batawichi, Batawatsi, but I'm not sure how you pronounce <laughs> However surname, you say it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm sure you've looked at both his list and Vic's list. So tell us a little bit about the differences we've obviously mentioned Vic has the D cannons he's got a Wraith Seer with a D cannon he's got lots of other things but you've probably looked at Comrades List too so why don't you take us through a little bit of where the differences lie and you know out of you three you're all on Team Elf so who's going to do the best and and why do you think they're going to have the most success this weekend Uh, um, their list they've got a lot of um, they've got the Harlequin detachments in them as well haven't they not, yes. not just um, pure craft worlds. Um, I like the way Vic's laid out the D cannons because he's got. I think he's got the reroller hit or wound as one of his traits, and he takes single ones, so he's getting maximum efficiency on those as well. Um, 
I think if you go on like past results, I think Vic would be the one you'd put in likely to finish the highest. Um, he usually goes all the way in these events. But I think he's, because uh, I've been chatting with Vic this week, as I said, I think he's worried about the indirect Marines the same as I am. Um, their lists their lists are probably better equipped to just go into steel objectives than mine are. All the little Harlequin units in boats. Um, I, I, haven't, I haven't looked at Comrade's list yet. Um, well, we're hoping if, to get Comrade on sometime soon, and and yeah, you know, if, if it's if, similar to what he usually plays, he he plays a lot of like um, good Aldar shooting with the Harlequins backed up as well. So, well, the interesting I mean, point here is you say what Comrade usually plays, but Comrade famously hasn't been playing usually recently. He's out of practice, and Vic has been very much playing yeah. Thousand Suns and Flamers. He's been playing something. So you are the most practiced Eldar player coming into this event. So before we let you go, why don't you tell us a little bit about like your realistic expectations? There's 260 players registered. What would be your, what's your goal in terms of placing? And what do you think the likelihood is of you achieving that goal? My goal is always five and zero at your events. Um, But I think realistically it's four and one. I think, it's, it'll, it'll come to a point where, like at the last event, where I'll draw like um, you know, round round four or five, I'll draw like a, say, or a Manny or an Innis or something with these Space Marine indirect lists, and I just I don't think it's got. I don't think I can beat that. So I think probably realistically would be four and one would be pleased with that. I mean five and zero would be great, but I think that'll be dodging the correct Space Marine matchup. <laughs> and as you mentioned, you know, it's hard to get high scoring games. So you know, if you could do go form one, you could go from suddenly being like ninth to, to like 25th or something. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. You might not be scoring so high. But I probably ben, wouldn't score I, hundreds. <laughs> let, me tell, let, let me tell you something, Ben. I know the exact solution to your problems. You, you need some coaching. And Vanguard Tactics is a place to go for that. Yes. So if it, it, we're going to have uh, Stephen on very shortly, and we'll be talking about the Vanguard Tactics workshop that's going to happen at the LGT this year. So if yes, anyone's listening, I will be teaching at that as well. I will be exactly. Yeah. So if any, if anyone here is uh, curious about how they can up their game, whether it's with Eldar Warwalkers as Shuken Cannons or with Blood Angels and anything in between, obviously that launches very very soon, and if you're not coming to the LGT, but you do want a little bit of practice beforehand, or you want to come to the next biggest event in the land, we have tickets to all our events still available. The next one up is the London Open in April 15th and 16th. That is going to be around 150 players before we get back to the Super Major bandwagon with both Bristol and Leeds, potentially in the 400 or 500 range. We've got Birmingham teams, which could be the biggest team tournament in Europe. Well, in Europe, the biggest English language team tournament in Europe, because of course, if you speak Spanish, you can head over to Spain and play in their, their 600 player event that no one else goes to. But uh, yeah, of course, uh, we have those events on the horizon. All of those tickets are available on warhammertournaments.com. And again, I encourage everyone to listen to our reaction video and video podcast all about uh, the announcements made by Games Workshop at Adepticon last night. So thank you so much for coming on, Ben. We really appreciate your time and best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me, Zach. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to What's Happening in 40K. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'd also really appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and recommending us to all your gaming buddies. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe for more great content from What's Happening in 40K. We'll be back next time with even more news, updates, and opinions from the world of Warhammer 40,000. Until next time, thanks for listening.